Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides, for the latest updates, information, and pitch. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. This college football episode covers select games from week seven of the 2022 season. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. I made a little uh, little primer <laughs> for you there. It's like kind of like over there. Uh, slash new uh, just typed out like half of what I normally say and things that I've kind of like mentioned before. I just, I just put it all in one place. So uh, you can pause this, you can go read it and come back. Uh, it's kind of long, uh, but if you have not seen an episode, just check that out. It just kind of frames everything uh, for you. Otherwise the goals in this episode are to share key information about this week's games, give you a few things to think on. And explain where certain plays are being made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. I'll make a pick on every game, but you should take what you like and leave the rest. Remember that there are no locks and gambling. So what I provide are likes, or loves, likes, and leans. That is A, B, and C grade picks to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. Cousin Jared will also indicate his favorite plays by placing a second unit on them this season. However, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see will be profitable each and every week. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, <clears throat> so... I, full full disclosure. I believe in transparency. You know, I, I'm I'm a professor. I love learning. I love teaching people, and I love learning both. Um, so I'm never afraid to say I want to learn more. I always want to get better. I always want to improve. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, if if you or if someone out there can explain what's going on this season, I would I would love to hear because <laughs> I feel like we keep talking about the the kind of good and bad luck situation. I, and I tracked them out on Discord, and I. I I think I got pretty. I got pretty close. I might miss one or two, but I think I tracked out two wins this week that were like probably should not have had those. Very lucky, last minute, weird backdoor nonsense, and nine losses. And I, I haven't tracked it before, but I feel like that's kind of been every week now. I feel like I nailed this last week, and I literally was up rounding error on the week. And I'm like, it feel it felt like I, I think I swung it. I completely swung and missed in like three games. But I mean, we're talking about right. literally every game. It's 50 games. It's going to happen. Right. And right. somehow basically like broke even. And I, I don't know. I, it, it, it feels, I keep saying it, it feels like it's going to turn and we're going to get those lucky wins. It just, why can't we get them? I have no idea what's going yeah. on. Maybe, maybe you have some, some answer for, for me. <clears throat> nope. Nope. I, I have no answer for you. I, I feel like there has been more, strange things, missed extra points, blocked extra points, um, you know, games going 20 minutes without any score at all. Mm. I just feel like there's been more strange things this year than, than you could possibly count. And one thing I've noticed, I mean, I, I noticed a lot of things this past weekend, but onside kicks, I feel mm. like everybody has gotten so concerned about getting blown up on the onside kicks that they're not actually watching the ball anymore. They're just waiting to get blown up, which I mean, rightfully so I would be doing the same thing. And and I feel like we're getting more onside kicks recovered and whatnot as well. So I feel like it's just this combination of of all sorts of crazy things. People going for fourth down uh, more often than Mm -hmm. people going for two earlier in the game. I I just feel like there's all sorts of weird things that have just contributed to kind of these, these weird scores and kind of weird outcomes relative to the spread. 
Yeah, and, and BYU missed that extra point. I was like, oh gosh, here we go again. Something weird's gonna happen. And of course, it didn't affect the game at all, thankfully. But yeah, when yeah. that happened, I was like, oh, here we go again, right? Yeah. Uh, talking about onside kicks, the Oklahoma State thing was fascinating. Uh, calling a fair catch on the onside kick, and it's like, wow, I'm driving right through that loophole. Uh, yeah. Apparently, that exists in the rules. At some point, you have to assume that they're gonna change that because that seems now like we've solved onside kicks. Just always call fair fair catch exactly. now, yeah. And and that's gonna then. It, it's not solid, but it's just going to force kickers to do that thing where they basically just put the ball sideways and just kick it and hope it does a weird sideways, you know, like a boomerang kind of kicking around funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess is the only way to get around that. But it's a, that was fascinating too, uh, just talking about onside kicks. But um, I, I, I talked about this on the, on the Discord chat. I, I think hopefully you listener did well. I feel like you probably did because I think we, for the most part, gave out a lot of good information. And so I, I broke even last week picking every game, but uh, there were so many great plays out there. I'm, I'm hoping that you got some of them or, uh, you know, maybe you just didn't take Memphis and, and watch us struggle with that. Whatever the heck happened in that one yeah. or Kansas state, hope to get that later in the week and late one or, or when it was that the one, maybe you just took the money. That was or, one or, of the or, the day. or took the money line, which I literally said first thing out of my mouth when you mentioned it and then talked myself into lay the, laying the two points. So just, you know, listen to the good things that we say and not the dumb things that we say after that. To be fair, the problem wasn't the money line of the spread. The yes, problem was know, the Kansas State guy running into the end zone. And yeah. and the, I mean, it was a great play by Iowa State. I was saying a fantastic play. And I think Baylor actually did that to Iowa State a few weeks before. So Iowa State's been involved in a bunch of these. But fantastic play, knocking the ball out one yard away from there. And then Kansas State, you know, wins by a full touchdown. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah. 10-9, what a weird football game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, play, plays of the time slot with 4-1 uh, on Saturday. So again, there were a lot of good things out there. Uh, hopefully you had a profitable week and hopefully we can do the same thing. I kind of feel like the same thing this week. Uh, early indications are there's a lot of good things that we like that we'll cover here uh, in this episode. But before we get to that, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB or college football content that this channel provides. A uh, reminder, we've started up a Patreon page. If you're looking to support the show and get some extra benefits, membership starts at just $3 per month, which gets you the play of the day or plays of the day. And for $15 a month, you get early access to the projected spreads. We've already seen two numbers that I that I noticed that I like, maybe because Jeremy B have different ones mm-hmm. that we like from the early spreads that are already gone. Uh, one of them, uh, Thursday, Baylor, minus three, uh, yeah. is now up to three and a half. If you could have got that three locked in, uh, the, the the benefit from three to three and a half is huge. There's, there's tons of these things like every week. So uh, yeah. it's, it's a little investment there. And getting those numbers – Earlier on Sunday afternoon can really help. There's a lot of line movement Sunday throughout the day, Sunday night into Monday. Um, so it's a, a benefit you can get if you're interested uh, on the crawler. There is the link for that Patreon uh, sign up. Otherwise, let's get to the games. All links, all lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as the time of this recording on Sunday night, every game today we're going to talk about is a Saturday game. We'll get going. At noon Eastern with Penn State and Michigan. Michigan's a seven-point favorite here, total of 51. I'm playing the seven with an A-grade play here. I've got Michigan ranked fourth. Uh, Penn State ranked 16th, so I, I think Penn State's a solid team. But the last time we saw Penn State, they struggled against Northwestern. And part of that was the elements of that game, but part of that was almost like, Northwestern's so bad, I don't really care what you're playing, and you ought to be able to do better than that. Right. I kind of think those elements that helped Northwestern are almost the same elements that Michigan just does to you, which is, you know, that that yeah. pounded on the ground can get tons of yards, explosive plays like that, smothering defense, which the, the rain can make any defense feel a lot smothering, right? The same sort of thing. Like 
I think Michigan just kind of does that to you in general. Uh, I'm going to lay the seven at home with Michigan. Last week with Michigan, they missed the cover, but they were only off on the sideline projection uh, by about four or five points. And that was considering that they got off to a really slow start. It was a look ahead spot and the running back coach having a seizure in the middle of the game, clearly affecting the players for a long stretch. And they still basically got pretty close to what the projection was. Sideline projects this to be Michigan minus 11.3. I think this is a double digit victory for Michigan. I think this is kind of them here establishing themselves on national television as a, we should be in the top four, you know, it's us in Ohio state. And, and now who knows if both of them can make the playoff, but I think establishing mm-hmm. themselves as we are one of the four best teams, they need a big victory here because the loser of that game, if it's Ohio state has gotten enough respect at this point, probably makes the playoff, but I feel like Michigan needs a big enough win here to impress people, to remind them, to give them a shot at the playoff if they were to lose that game to Ohio State, which looks like the best team in the country at this point. So I'm going to take Michigan. I think they make a statement here in this one, starting us off at noon Eastern. It's an early start, but I mean, I think the crowd's going to be ready. I've been to a game at Michigan that was in the afternoon, and let me tell you, that crowd was pretty raucous and uh, mostly mostly drunk already as well. So I don't see why a noon start or a 2.30 start or whatever changes anything. I think the crowd's going to be fired up for this one. This is a big home game for them. Uh, Cousin Jared, I've got an A-grade play on Michigan minus seven. What are your thoughts for this game? I am also officially laying the seven points with Michigan for a lot of the reasons that you just said. I felt like I was slow to get on the Michigan train last year just because they're they're not flashy. They're just so good at what they do. And, and I think that just makes it difficult for somebody who's, you know, not looking at inside under the hood, kind of like what you are on, on, on these numbers here, just using my eyes. They're not visually appealing, but obviously I feel like we have a, a long enough track record now to just say they're so good at what they do. And they, when you make a mistake, they will capitalize on, on that mistake. And it seems like they usually don't make those same mistakes. So um, I, you know, them being at home, the way that they play, I have no problem laying, laying the seven points here. Uh, if, if Penn State gets down early, I just don't see how they're going to claw their way back in the game with this Michigan defense in, in the Michigan run game. So I'm going to lay the seven points as well. If I had to look at the total here, I I, I would definitely say under 51 mm-hmm. seems like a, a pretty good play to me. This this seem, feels similar to or could end up being similar to the – Michigan Iowa game obviously Penn State's defense a lot better than than Iowa's uh, excuse me Penn State's offense, offense a lot yeah. better than I, Iowa's offense but I could still see like a 31 to 14 type game or, or, or something like that you know 28 14 so I would definitely be eyeing the under in this situation as well but I just feel really confident laying the touchdown with Michigan what I'm, I'm looking at this under as well I, 51 doesn't quite do it for me I'm kind of thinking 52 uh, mm-hmm. Two and a yeah. half. Is that kind of, are you thinking the same thing? Is that's kind of a buy point for an under really? Yeah. Yeah. I obviously would love 52 or 52 and a half, a lot more than 51. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of where I was, I was like, I kind of think under, but I, I want a little bit more cushion there uh, yeah. than 51 affords us, but I'm with you. I'd, I'd rather play under than over. Yeah. Uh, also at noon Eastern Miami, Ohio, at Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio, a uh, little redemption here for us uh, this last week with an A grade play after disappointing week, the week before that I'm going to lay the six and a half with them here. And I want to get this play in early. I like that it's under seven. I don't know where this number is going to go, but I just think it's more likely to go to seven than six. Sideline says seven and a half. And I always say, two out of three, three out of four times, whatever the number goes, where my model goes. And so if it goes to seven, I'd rather be on this side of seven than at seven or it's definitely seven and a half. So it's a B grade pick. 
specifically because uh a apparently we need to get jake on here who's the the, the mac whisperer yeah <laughs> giving us yeah. these insights uh but i mean i i really don't trust either one of these teams neither one of these teams is good and going on the road and winning by a touchdown is not easy in the mac unless you're you know toledo really at this point um so it's only a b-grade pick it's not my most confident one but i do think it's worth an investment here on this side of seven i think seven's most likely outcome for this against highlights in seven and a half so a b-grade pick for me laying the six and a half with the red hawks sideline has them ranked 105th bowling green 123rd so really we're just talking about bowling green just being a pretty bad football team uh which is why we can uh, lay the six and a half with a team on the road against them uh beaker pick for me total of 47 and a half cousin jared what do you have for us here how is it that i have spent so much time talking about miami ohio on this show this season this seems very strange i i you know Talked, talked about him from the beginning of the season after that first game against Kentucky. I like what I saw. I was extremely impressed with what Miami of Ohio did to Kent State's offense mm-hmm. in this last game, uh, beating Kent State last week. They, they really held that offense in check almost better than Georgia did. So, right. you know, is, right. is that, com- is that completely, uh, you know, something that could be, uh, I think, I think you heard it here first. They're better than Georgia. <laughs> I, I, not, I guess I may be breaking news there. Anyway, this, <laughs> I'm looking at the total here. This is a low number, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going under 47 and a half. I don't think that Bowling Green's going to be able to get anything going at all on, on offense. They had one game this season where they put up 30 points. 34 points against Marshall. That was in overtime. They got three turnovers. They still rushed, only had 350 yards of offense, rushed for less than 100 yards in that game. So their highest scoring game of the season, it was just kind of some, some turnover luck and everything there, which I don't think Miami of Ohio is going to do. So this is a fairly low total for me to play in under, but I just have a lot of faith in Miami Ohio's defense. That Bowling Green's not going to get me points on the board. So no idea what the final score was going to be. I'm maybe thinking something like, I don't know, 24 to 14 or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just not going to be very many points to be had in this game. Of note, that was also Marshall's game the week after they beat Notre Dame. So that's yeah. just an extra element of, ah, you know, weirdness yeah. in that game. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I, I lean under as well. It's not an official recommendation for me yet. I'm hoping for 48. So I'm just going to hold off for now. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I agree with that. I went and looked, there's no 48s on the board at any okay. shops right now. There's some 46 okay. and a, 46 and a half. So I figured if anything, this might go back down. Okay. Uh, just figured I want to grab it while I can only one unit. So, you know, not putting okay. a ton on this or anything. Okay. This is what we might loop back to later in the week. If it goes, uh, yeah. if, it, if it hangs around there at really, I think the next key number down really is 45. So uh, for, like we kind of talk about like 47 in a little bit, but really it's, yeah. uh, you know, 46 and a half, whatever it's like 45 and a half kind of whatever. Uh, so I'm kind of looking at the under as well. Uh, if it gets to 48, that's where I will pull the trigger. So I okay. uh, may loop back to that one in, in, later in the week. Let's see where the number goes. Uh, okay. but yeah. That might move how defense, um, Impressive for sure. Yeah. Surprisingly yeah. impressive. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of surprisingly impressive teams, Noon Eastern Kansas at Oklahoma, um, you know, Kansas quarterback goes down and then we get a, a backup with the fun name coming in that nobody saw that coming and just continue to score points. And my goodness, that game just had fantastic catch after fantastic catch after fantastic yeah. catch. It was like watching a video game almost. And, and, uh, and kudos, kudos to you for calling it the big 12. The old big 12 is back. Baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nailed it with that one in the Oklahoma state one. I mean, just yeah. points, points, you know, galore. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma. Whew, uh, I, yeah. I had an A grade pick on Texas. I said, you know, Hey, this Oklahoma team is, is in a bad way. It's a terrible matchup for them, but even I didn't see it going that bad for them. And we talked yeah. about, I was like, I was, I said specifically, you know, go screen grab this. I was like, 
Texas is going to take out their frustrations here yeah. this yeah. week on Oklahoma. But my goodness, uh, it's not impossible for Oklahoma to go winless in conference. I don't think that happens. But like you look at the schedule and it's not like the the – the easier games, the easier teams, the like West Virginia uh, on the road. And so uh, just a fascinating matchup. I cannot believe I'm so intrigued by Kansas, Oklahoma coming into the season. Last season, we would have said this is Oklahoma minus, you know, 35 and probably would have laid the 35. Um, What a world we live in. I'm going to grab the seven with Kansas today. Great play. I don't really care if Daniels is healthy, given what I saw from the backup. I am penalizing this one point. I think he's probably worth maybe two. It's hard to say how much the quarterback's worth, but my official projection of this uh, is Oklahoma minus five. If Daniel plays or not, that kind of makes it more like four or six is kind of where I'm thinking this number should be. If he plays, I would make it OU minus four. If he doesn't, OU minus six. Backup clearly didn't really miss a beat in there. They've Kansas, you know, a, a decent team or whatever. But at seven, I'm, I'm happy either way. I'm going to grab the seven as an A-grade play with Kansas. I think they can hang in there in this game. It feels a lot like the last week's game against TCU. Hang in there, fun game. Who knows what's going to happen? And it's hard to win by more than seven. And there's a off chance that the, the the train is about to come off the track in Norman. I don't know if it will, but I mean, it's on the table. So I'm back in Kansas here. I love getting seven points. Total is 64 and a half. Uh, Cousin Jared, what is your take for us on this one? I am taking the seven points with Kansas as well. I've mentioned a couple of weeks now that I felt like my plays on Kansas have been more about my heart than my head. Well, this one is is with my head. My head is with my heart on this one. After what I saw last week, number one from Kansas, like you said, with the backup coming in, the offense kind of staying on track, I just feel really confident about what I'm getting uh, from them at this point. Oklahoma's defense, on the other hand, <laughs> I also feel very confident with what I'm getting from them at this point, and it is not much at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm obviously a key number like seven. You're not going to pass that up. But if you want to sprinkle a little bit on the money line, here, I was just I was going to say I was like I 100% recommend a half unit of whatever something on the yeah. money line here, just in case Kansas pulls it off. I think it's going to be a, a nice little payday for you. Yeah, and, and I think College Game Day did a pretty good job, um, kind of outlining some of the unique things that the um, that the Kansas offense does, but you just look at all of the busted coverages and all of the bad defense Oklahoma has been playing the past few weeks. And I'm telling you this Kansas offense, there are going to be at least three or four, just terribly busted. Again, based on what we've seen the past few weeks, there are going to be some terribly busted plays for 40, 40, 50 yard, 40, 50 yard plays. Yes. Easily. There's going to be nobody within 10 yards uh, of the Kansas player. I, I can promise you just that what they do on offense is so unique and very intriguing in my opinion. And again, Kansas or Oklahoma just can't seem to, to keep track of where the people are at on the field at, at times. So I'm, I'm taking all seven points here again. I would recommend maybe a little something on the money line yeah, as, as well. Um, this is just one of those things. The Oklahoma defense has been so bad. I don't, I don't know how you can't pass up taking the touchdown. Yeah, and and we talk about Oklahoma, and it's, it's a little bit Dylan Gabriel. Absolutely, uh, I am I am penalizing Oklahoma a little bit because of that as well. Uh, I think he's you know obviously worth a lot to that offense, but you saw what happened with them against um, Kansas State for the full game. And you saw what happened with them against TCU before the injury. And TCU was just running up and down the field on them. Yeah. And yeah. Oklahoma's offense was just kind of piddling around. So uh, I, I don't, I don't know if it matters if he plays or not. It's right. It, you know, it, I mean, it obviously does, but it's just one of those things where it's like, he's not going to help them stop Kansas, obviously. And even when he was in there, 
the offense hadn't really looked like what we thought it would do, given mm-hmm. a guy of his talent coming in. Um, Oklahoma just uh, obviously a disappointing season and just falling off a mountain here. Uh, total 64 and a half. I have no idea what to make of this total because I'm like you. I, I think Kansas is going to score just about every time they want to, but I don't know how much Oklahoma can score. Now, Kansas defense, you know, held Iowa State down, but that was Iowa State. They gave up a lot of points to TCU. That was TCU. I think Oklahoma's offense is somewhere in between there. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's really a question as to how much Oklahoma scores, but I think maybe a Kansas team total over would also be another thing to look at because I'm like, yeah, I think they're going to score yeah. a ton of points, and the implied team total here would be probably too low in my opinion. Um, I don't know what else to say about this other than just what a world we live in that we're, we're yeah. thinking about yeah. thinking we're, we're recommending a, a small play on the Kansas money line, Oklahoma, and it's not a joke play. It's an yeah. actual, yeah. like we think they might actually win the ball game. Yeah. Also at noon Eastern central Michigan, at Akron, another situation here where I want to get the number now before it goes anywhere else. Central Michigan's a 13 and a half point favorite to be great pick for me on them. Uh, 13, Kind of key, but not nearly as key as 14 is. I want to be on the right side of that. Akron is terrible. Sideline has them ranked 127th. Central Michigan's right around 100. This is two one in five teams, but these are not the same caliber of one in five teams. Um, Akron gave up like 60 points, I think, to Ohio last week. 55, yeah. 55? I mean, Ohio is not that good either. No, <laughs> just no, to be they're clear. not. So, um, you, you know, you never know exactly how a game is going to play out, and you can't just take one week and translate that forward. But I mean, the bottom line is this Akron team is terrible. There's a reason that sideline says this should be Central Michigan minus 14.7. So I think the number should be 14 and a half or 15. I just want to be on the right side of this just in case it does get to 14 or 14 and a half. Uh, I've got a, a, a B grade pick there on Central Michigan locking into 13 and a half early in the week. Total of 59. Uh, Cousin Jared, if Akron gives up that many points, we have to take over, right? <laughs> okay. So first of all, this game's gross. Uh, but is, I, I would also say Akron's offense started off very, very poorly. Uh, got Didn't score at all against Michigan State. Only scored six at Tennessee. Only scored 12 at Liberty. It started Mac play and, you know, talking about the offense specifically here because Joe Moorhead's the, the head coach there at Akron. So once they started uh, conference play, uh, you know, 28 points against Bowling Green, 34 points against Ohio last week. So this is one thing I'm keeping an eye on is, is, is Akron going to their offense going to step up a little bit? And you mentioned how bad their, their defense was giving up 55 to Ohio. So yes, I would definitely say this is potentially an over spot. I, I think central Michigan could just run, over around and through remember that Taysom Hill video that one year he scored like 15 touchdowns against uh-huh. Texas and they had the mm-hmm. over around and through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's very niche. There's gonna be like five people who laugh really hard when they hear that. <laughs> um, anyway, that, that, that could be uh, this game. I think there's could be a bunch of points. So I don't have an official play on it, but Akron is a team I am watching where if their offense gets going, you might not be able to set their totals high enough. I, I think uh, they're going enough here. I, I'm making the official recommendation, official play for me over 59. I just think there's be a lot of points in this game. Yeah. I, I don't think Central Michigan gets 55 uh, necessarily this game. That seems a little high, but I don't really think they're going to be under 40, and Akron's going to score a few points as well. I mean, this feels like a 45 to 21 type game, um, 45 to 28, whatever. I mean, one of those mm-hmm. type games where there's just a lot of points in Central Michigan, pretty similar to the Ohio game, maybe just a little bit lower. So official recommendation, over 59, it's a key number uh, at yeah. 59, given that that is um, a field goal plus the touchdowns to get you 256. Yeah. So uh, I like Central Michigan, and I'm going official play on the over 59 as well. 3.30 Eastern, kickoff Charlotte at UAB. UAB was good to us 
last week. I'm going to back them again here, minus 23 and a half, a B-grade play. Just another one I want to get early in the week before it gets any higher. Uh, I think this might head towards 24. 24 is obviously a possible landing spot, so we're going to lock it in. Now, sidelines is 28, but... Charlotte's had issues with the quarterback, so their data is a little bit wonky with who's yeah. playing and whatnot. I still don't think Charlotte's that good. My bigger concern, completely independent of that, is UAB Western Kentucky next Friday. Should be a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. A little bit mm-hmm. of a look-ahead spot here. So I think UAB yeah. is good enough to just get out there and kick some tail and it not be a big deal. Uh, similar to what happened with Ole Miss this weekend. And again, thank you, Lane Kiffin, for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. it's the same sort of thing where it's like you have a look-ahead spot, but also you have a pretty good team against a pretty bad team. So I, I want to be on UAB here. I like this number less than 24. That's why it's a B-grade pick. If if they had a bye week next week, this is an A-grade play for me. But with Western Kentucky next week, especially on a Friday yeah. – I don't see the starters playing the entirety of the fourth quarter, maybe not even the entirety of the third quarter. So only a B grade pick for me. I like it. Don't love it. Total of 63. Another one where it feels like over might be the way to look. I'd rather probably have over 62 than over 63, but Charlotte's offense where they can get going. We saw UAB had a ton of points last week. Charlotte's defense is truly terrible. Um, The only question about the over is the same thing I already mentioned, the look-ahead spot for UAB. So it kind of makes me a little bit leery of the total. Again, if UAB was off next week, though, and you can get to 62, I would definitely say over. But as it is, I have kind of mixed feelings on it. Uh, What are your thoughts on this one, Coach Jared? Ah, man, I I don't feel good uh, about this game either way. And and the reason I say that is because I I think a good analog for this game is the game that happened last week, Middle Tennessee and UAB and UAB just absolutely blew their doors off. Um, The problem is another good analog for this game, I think would be uh, UAB's game against Georgia Southern earlier this year, where UAB only won by 14. And and so, you know, I think you can make a case that that Charlotte may be similar to both Georgia Southern and Middle Tennessee. So two data points there. It doesn't really give me anything conclusive. The, the 63 though, I, I, I think if anything, I would lean towards, under uh, just because you look at those two other games the the UAB middle, middle Tennessee game was a total of 55 the Georgia Southern UAB game was a total of 56 and, and so I feel like this is one of those things if uh, UAB covers this game it's because Charlotte hasn't scored very many points at all and if this game is close I think it's because you know Charlotte's defense has somehow managed to not let UAB score a bazillion points so I think I would actually lean towards the the under here um, just because you know like I said, if UAB blows them out, Charlotte hasn't scored much. And so I, I just don't feel comfortable going over. All right. Uh, also at 3.30 Eastern, Oklahoma State at TCU. This one should be a doozy of a game yeah, here. I yeah. mean, uh, you don't want to say potential preview of the Big 12 championship game, but I mean, maybe a potential preview of yeah, the Big 12 championship yeah. game here. Uh, TCU is a three and a half point favorite. Uh, you know, TCU is really good. I talked about this last week. And I'm, I've been very impressed with them. I don't know why we're getting the hook here. I'm going to take the field goal and the hook. I love this. Um, mm-hmm. This feels like a tight game. Um, this feels like a. This feels like what was going to happen in Kansas TCU had Kansas scored late and tied it up, and they were right there with, with it, where it would have been a tie game late, and then it's like someone's going to drive late. Last of it was the ball kicks a field goal to win it. That's how I I, I see this being, you know, 35-35, 31-31, Last team with the ball kicks a field goal and wins it by three. And I don't know who does it, but I'm going to take the three and a half with Oklahoma State. I think money line on Oklahoma State a, a tiny bit makes a lot of sense too, just because the big plus odds of, I think they're the better team. The game's in Fort Worth though. Sideline has Oklahoma State ranked 14th, TCU 17th. So 
a small gap in the rankings, but in the ratings, Oklahoma State is about a point and a half to two points clear of TCU. So Southern says this should be basically a pick on TCU should be a slight like half point favorite, which of course, given that you can't tie in college football uh, these days, doesn't mean anything, right? Basically should be a pickle, maybe TCU minus one. I would probably make it TCU minus two. I think we're just getting a lot of value here at three and a half. A great play for me on the pokes here. Um, total 67 and a half. Talk me out of this <laughs> over because I, I said it last week and you got two of the same teams I talked about. There's going to be points galore that play fast. Yeah. Why Why are we, why is this number not, you know, 73? Because I think it should be 73. Uh, talk, yeah. talk, talk, can you talk me out of that? Nope. All right. <laughs> All right. Then, then that's an official hey. recommendation for me than over 67 and a half. I think this game is a lot of points. So I like, I love the folks and I love the over points. Fun. You got to watch this game. It'll be good. I, I can't, I can't refute that because I feel like we saw two identical games involving these two teams last, last yeah. weekend. Yeah. It was the exact same yeah. thing. So, so why would Just I say? Yeah. 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 All right. So I got, I got the pokes. I got the over. Uh, Cousin Jerry, what do you have for us? Official play for me. I'm also taking the three and a half. I don't know why we're getting three and a half in this game. Uh, you, you know, you said that you feel like, um, you know, maybe these teams are, teams are equal, you know, make this two and a half. I, I still would make this a pick them, even though it's being played in, in Fort Worth. I just have, you know, maybe I just have more faith in, in, you know, Oklahoma state. Don't know why, uh, you know, their defense hasn't been anything to write home about this year, but I still trust Oklahoma state's defense to get a big play when they need one more so than I trust TCU's defense. Um, Spencer Sanders. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, Seems like he's kind of cleaned up a lot of things this this season. So, I, I talked about it. I talked about it a week ago. That's what I was saying. That like he yeah. has had that where he's now he's been playing in the system long enough. He's old enough, mature enough. Yeah, still gonna have a couple bad moments, but for the most part, pretty good quarterback. Yeah. So so I'm taking the three and a half. Will the three, will the points matter either way in this one? Maybe not. But still, you got to feel real good about it. Again, I like I like what you said about the money line play as as well. Uh, but yeah, just getting three and a half points with with this Oklahoma State team just seems like way too many. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think my recommendation for you viewers kind of think about how you feel about this if you think the points won't matter at all i think that's because there should be so many touchdowns i think that's a reasonable play and i think just shift the money line like i said my thought is i just like i said i just can't get the tcu kansas came out of my head where kansas was driving there at the end and i'm thinking they're going to tie this up they would have made it uh 38 38 and then it would have been uh from there just uh, whoever gets the lot whoever gets the field goal right wins it and that's kind of how i feel about this one too so i think the three and a half points might matter because Right. Both these coaches are smart. At the end, it, it, if yeah. it is tied late, they're going to be trying to kill the clock. You know, they're going to yeah. be going for four yard runs and low, long first down, yeah. long running off the clock first downs, whatever, to kick that game winning field goal and right. not give the other team a chance to score. Now, yeah. they may miss the field goal and then it may go overtime. And then if it goes overtime again, the three might yeah. win in yeah. as well. True. So. True. Uh, I like the three and a half, but again, if you if you want to talk yourself into touchdowns are all that's going to be the thing here, take the money line or split your bet, go for a little bit of both. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Oklahoma State, a better team than TCU, as good as TCU is, is uh, I still think Oklahoma State, uh, yeah. probably the class of the Big 12 at this point, uh, with asterisk Texas aside, is Texas back? I don't know. I feel like we did this five times a year. I don't know. We'll talk yeah. about Texas later in the week. Uh, yeah. I'll just say this as we're talking about on Texas. I hold off on playing Texas until we talk about them later in the week. Uh, <laughs> terrible spot for them. Terrible spot this week. So we'll hold off on that analysis uh, about playing or, or anything until, until we talk about that game. Yeah. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, Vanderbilt at Georgia. I've got an A pick on Georgia, minus 38. And, and you're like, whoa, 
and a play laying 38 points. Here's the thing. Georgia had no business covering last week against Auburn, a giant number uh, covering what do we get? 30. I got 30 points. I think with Auburn, they had mm-hmm. no business covering that. And they did. Mm-hmm. Auburn isn't great, but they're a heck of a lot better than Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Georgia has a bye week next week. This is the spot to play everybody the whole game. Maybe not the last drive, literally. Georgia's got to figure out how to get better on offense. This is the game to try all the different things you want to try for the full game. And Vanderbilt is terrible. I love laying the 38. I want to get this number now before it gets bigger. This feels like one of those things where it's going to eke out and get to 40, 41, 42. That's probably where it should be because of how bad Vanderbilt is. Sideline says it should be Georgia minus 39. And it's not, it's not taking into account. uh, Like I said, the fact that Georgia has a bye week next week. So in reality, if I were just looking at what sideline's recommendation for the spread is at 39, I would say probably make it more like 41, 42. I want to lay the 38 with Georgia. It's an A grade play. I just want to, this is also half a fate of Vanderbilt more than anything else, as bad as they are. I mentioned this last week. Um, they're a little improved, but they're improved from being one of the 10 worst teams in college football. They're still mm-hmm. in nowhere near this uh, class. If, if Georgia had Ole Miss next weekend, if Georgia had Tennessee next weekend, uh, this is a um, pull all the starters in the middle of the third quarter game, but they right. don't. So I'm going to the 38 with Georgia A great play for me. Total is 58. Uh, Cause Jared, what's your take for us on this one? I love the under in this game. It's going to be a two unit play for me under 58, uh, 58 really key number there. I watched a lot of the Vanderbilt Ole Miss game. I, I had two units on, on the under, and then I had a unit on uh, Ole Miss covering. Like you said, uh hat tip to Lane Kiffin. You are uh, the worst, but also the absolute best. The, not and, the hero that we deserve, but the hero we need or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that that was just absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, and, anyway, uh, I'm playing the under here. The, the one thing that I got when I was watching Vanderbilt was they were leading at halftime. They were – in that quote unquote in that game yeah. early in the third quarter, um, you know, they they gave up a lot of quick touchdowns there that kind of got out of hand early, but they were down by 10 for a, a good part of the, the third quarter. And their offense is just incapable of operating at any tempo whatsoever. I mean, it was at a point in the game where they still had a chance to, to win and, and put up some points and they would just not move quickly for their life. And so I can definitely see that being the case here. Obviously you're playing Georgia. You want to just limit the number of uh, possessions that Georgia has altogether. Yeah. I think the Vanderbilt is going to just take every single second on this play clock of every single play. And you mentioned that this is a good opportunity for, for Georgia to work on their offense. Well, the thing is, is their offense hasn't been very good. And, and so this is also part, partly that as well. And I feel like Kirby, after some of the, I don't want to say issues they've had, but the inconsistencies they've had, I think Kirby, and it's the reason that I played the under there in the Auburn game, which how that under did not yeah. hit is beyond me. Um, but I think that Kirby has just gone back to, you know what, we're just going to do what we do. We're going to score like 21 points and then we're just going to put it in park and just sit there. And so even though it's Vanderbilt, I think Kirby just feels comfortable doing that. You know, maybe they get their offensive woes fixed, but again, they have offensive woes. So even if they weren't trying to run it up, will they, you know, 
they relative relative to everybody else, yes, they can run it up against Vanderbilt, but will they be able to run it up and be able to clear a number like 58 when Vanderbilt, I don't know how many points Vanderbilt scores. I don't know. So again, two units on the under 58 for me, this is, this is a key number. I, you know, it would only be one unit probably if it were South of uh, 58, uh, but really like it at this number. I'm going to join you with the under 58 as an official recommendation for me. And here's why this reminds me of the old school. We see it every year, Vanderbilt or every, however they play Vanderbilt, Alabama games where the spread and the total are like basically the same number. And it's like, is <laughs> yeah, Vanderbilt going to yeah. score? And I agree with you. I think it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. And I agree with you about Georgia's game plan. And here's the thing. I think it plays out just like the fourth quarter of that Georgia Auburn game where there's a lot of points late. Here's the thing is I think it's a lot of points late from one side because I think Georgia is going to, like you said, they're just going to do what they do, which is pound the ball. Mm-hmm. That's going to get you three, four, five-yard runs early on because Vanderbilt's not very good. But what's that going to lead by the fourth quarter? That's going to yeah. be a 60-yard yeah. touchdown run. That's going to be 10-yard yeah. runs. So I agree. I think it's not that they're going to be trying to run up the score as much, but it's going to be – they're going to score late. They're going to be, A, trying some things throughout, but also those – I think they're going to be able to get touchdowns like just like they did against Auburn. But I agree with you in that – Vanderbilt, I don't think will be able to like Auburn was able to, and that would have been your under would have hit it had Auburn not scored a couple yeah. of those like touchdowns as well. So yeah. I think that Vanderbilt being a step down from Auburn makes the under save. So I'm like you, and I love the fact that it's at that key number of 58 as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take journey with that under. It, like I said, it feels like the old school Alabama Vanderbilt game that type of game. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call my shot here officially. I'm gonna say Georgia 45 zip. That's my official prediction. That game. sounds wonderful. <laughs> All right, uh, three thirty Eastern, Northern Illinois, and Eastern Michigan. Uh, we forgot to bring Jake on for all the back games. You know, I guess that was poor planning <laughs> on my part. Um, Eastern Michigan, what's up? I mean, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to give away my analysis of this game, so I'm just going to let okay. you go. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's my analysis. Is Eastern Michigan? What's up? Uh, yeah, they, they were good, and and then they weren't, and we thought that they were and then they were and then yeah. i don't know it, yeah. it it's 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 feeling a little bit like they got something against us you know and the good news is i, I had eastern michigan against arizona state so i can always hang my hat on that one um i'm gonna lay the two and a half with eastern michigan this has nothing to do with them because i don't know what the heck to make of that team i like the number that it's less than three i like that they're at home i don't think northern illinois is that good uh we saw them just get clocked this last week. Uh, I talked about it that Northern Illinois, you know, last year had that magic of playing in those close games and winning yeah. those close games or whatever. I think that was a bit of a mirage. I don't think they were that good then. They just kind of games got weird. And we saw a little bit of that early on, but I think we're starting to see a little bit of who Northern yeah. Illinois really is. And I think Re- it's just regression, a- regression to the mean. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. I think they're just not a good team. So I'm going to lay the two and a half with Eastern Michigan. Uh, both of these teams, again, in the 100s on the ranking-wise. Uh, they're literally one and five, Eastern Michigan four and two. I, I think they're a lot closer than that. The record's being a little bit misleading, but you know, I, I think there is something too. Eastern Michigan's winning games and Northern Illinois isn't. I think they can win this one. I think two and a half is a low number. Sideline says it should be Eastern Michigan minus four. So I'm going to take a B-grade pick on them at two and a half. Again, another one I want to lock in early in the week just because I think it should get to three, three and a half. And at three and a half, it's just a very blah number. So lock in the two and a half. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, if it's already up to three, lock in the three uh, before it gets to three and a half. Uh, total 63, uh, kind of a key-ish number. Because, uh, yeah. Jared, what do you got for us? What's what's the 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 name of the person that sits in the courtroom that like takes all the little notes as, as people are talking? 
stenographer sure do we have like a stenographer or like a note taker for the show or, or anything uh, not that i know of maybe someone okay. can jump up and say that's been them yeah okay maybe, maybe you do well if there is anybody taking a record of this i think this is the first time year this year i'm saying this i'm done with eastern michigan okay like not playing okay. any of their games anymore so that's my entire analysis of this if you uh you know if you feel like you have a good angle on this game, good, run with it. I, I don't have any anything good for you. What I will say about Northern Illinois, though, is this was kind of my uh, concern with them coming into the season was that they had all those one-score wins last year, but their underlying metrics were not nearly as good as what their record ended up being. And sure enough, you're, you're kind of seeing that this year. So I, I think, unfortunately, this is more of what you can expect from Northern Illinois this year. Um, they just, you know. It's not good. Lots of lot of yeah, a lot of lot of good luck last year and, and this year. You know, with with average luck, they're going to be good if they can go to a bowl game. Yeah, and no one can ever take that good luck away from them. Yeah, correct, <laughs> correct. Um, also, three thirty Eastern, Western Kentucky at Middle Tennessee. Uh, I had an A grade play fading Middle Tennessee last week. I said I just don't think they got the horses. I had an A grade play on Western Kentucky to just hang in there with UTSA. I mean, this seems pretty obvious, right? <laughs> These two yeah. teams are playing. I'm going to take an A-grade pick here at Western Kentucky. Another one I want to lock in early. I want to lay the seven before it gets any higher. It's a road game. Western Kentucky coming off of a tough game, obviously. But, I mean, they're just a good team. Middle Tennessee isn't. I mean, it, it's really not more complicated than that. Uh, this number should be a lot higher, in my opinion. Sideline says eight. I think it should be double digits. I think Western Kentucky could go on the road and get a big victory here. I don't think there's anything more else to say than that. Uh, Middle Tennessee's ranked about 100th, Western Kentucky 66th, according to Sideline. I mean, mm. there's a big difference between these two teams. And Sideline's been kind of high on Middle Tennessee State. So, uh, again, yeah. like I said, I really think this number should be 10, maybe even uh, you know, 10 and a half. I'm only the 7A grade pick. Total is 66. What do you got for us, Susan Jared? I official pick for me. I'm also laying the seven points with Western Kentucky. I just don't see how Middle Tennessee State gets any stops. To me, this feels like a carbon copy of the game a couple of weeks ago between UTSA and Middle Tennessee that UTSA mm -hmm. won 45 to because Western Kentucky and UTSA are carbon copies of each other, basically. Right? Yeah, you are exactly correct. So mm -hmm. I see that playing out the same way. Um, you know, I, I agree. Again, laying the seven points with Western Kentucky sounds great. Um, you don't hear me say this very often, but I would. This feels like a spot for the over to me. If you look at Middle Tennessee State, Middle Tennessee State's schedule, they give up forty-four to James Madison. They give up nineteen to Colorado State, who is just awful on on offense. Uh, gave up thirty-one to Miami. Gave up you know forty-five to UTSA. Gave up forty-one to UAB last week. I feel like you can just pencil in uh, you know Western Kentucky for forty-five points, and, and so can can you know. Can Middle Tennessee get to 21? I I don't know, but I, I think I would probably lean towards the over 66, which for me, you usually don't hear me making recommendations yeah. like that on a number like this. Uh, 66, a key number as well. Um, the numbers get a little less key up here. Right, I feel like right. they get a little bit less key in the upper 60s. They start getting more key in the 70s and 80s because you have to have touchdowns. So then you just right. start counting by sevens, right? On the lower ones, you start right. thinking about the threes. Um Cousin Jared, I'm, I'm looking over as well. I have a question for you before I lock in the over. Mm -hmm. Are we concerned at all about Western Kentucky playing UAB next Friday with the over? I don't think it affects the spread any because it's not, you know, the only way that yeah. they pull guys is if they're up 21, 28 late. Otherwise, they're going to have to go out and win a road game, right? So I don't right. think it affects that. I don't think it's a, mm -hmm. a look-ahead spot's more of a you're a 20-point favorite. So my only question, though, is does that affect the total at all? Because if it, it other than that game, I'm with you. I like the over. I just don't know how that affects our thoughts about 
points late in this one. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, 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 t- <laughs> I, tend to, I tend to think that it would almost – I think it would almost wash out because in my mind, like, if this game goes over, Western Kentucky could have 45 points at, like, the, the end in of the, the third, third quarter, quarter yeah. or something like that. And then they put in their backups on defense, and that's more likely that Middle Tennessee, mm. Middle Tennessee State may score. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little bit of, of a wash. But if that's something that, that you think is – likely to happen that or not likely to happen but if you're convinced about this being a look-ahead spot then sure like i i, I think that's a valid reason why to come well no it, it it's not so much i just didn't know what the thoughts were on that it was just more about a, a point to discuss uh i i i i wasn't talked out of it so i'm also going to make official play or i am going to make an official play on the over here of 66 it's like you said a, a kind of a keyish number um i i think there should be a lot of points yeah what what I would say is that 67 is kind of a dead number. And so if you wanted to wait, and I don't think there would be any way this would get to 65, but if you wanted to wait and then play it over 67, that's really the exact same thing as playing over 66. Right. And, and so, you know, f- for me, I would rather just wait. And again, I don't think it's going to go to 65, but if for some reason it did, that's a lot more valuable than just waiting and playing over 67. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. 3.30 Eastern Arkansas at BYU. Uh, gosh, these two teams. Disappointing? Um, Is that the right word? I, I, them? I, I think I, I would say that we have established that these two teams are much better than bad teams and much worse yes. than good teams. Yes. The problem is, is I don't know where that leads us when they're playing each other. <laughs> That's a fair point. Uh, yeah. Arkansas, you know, Jefferson uh, sounds like he actually was okay to play this weekend, but they just didn't really want him to is, is one mm. potential report out of that. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming he's going to be good to go if they want him to play this weekend. So no uh, adjustment on the spread there. Quarterback-wise, for me, sideline says that this should be Arkansas favored by half a point. So basically a pick them. Uh, sideline has Arkansas ranked 39th, BYU 54th. I faded BYU last weekend. They got a couple of the receivers healthy and back and still couldn't win. Needed late points to still not cover. Uh, I guess they covered a teaser if you had BYU tees. And that was some late points. I mean, Notre Dame controlled that game. And, and as right. we know, Notre Dame also not a great team, a solid team, but not a great one. How is Notre Dame drastically different than Arkansas? They're both kind of that same sort of uh, – there are obviously some differences in styles, but I mean that same sort of like we know you're solid, but you know a little bit disappointing. Uh, I mean the location's a little bit better for BYU here being at home, of course. But I just think Arkansas is a better team. I think they can go on the road and get the victory. I like getting the field goal because BYU sometimes plays in these wonky games. They have no kicker, um, so they might miss extra points, and that might make things wonky. It might be a one-point game or a two-point game. Um, if Baylor had made that extra point a long time ago, that would have been a one-point game. There's there's more ways than you realize to win a plus-three pick in a BYU game. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm going to take Arkansas plus-three. So I think this should be a pick em. This would be an A-grade play. If I had any faith in Arkansas, I think that's the bottom line is I don't. Yeah. So I yeah. like this. I don't love it. That's the difference between the A and the B grade plays. I play my mm-hmm. A plays at 50% higher than the B grade plays because I like them just a little bit more. I just don't have any faith in Arkansas. So it's one where I'm going to grab the three. I think it's smart. I think plus on the money line makes sense as well. I think it plays out similar to the Baylor game where Baylor could have, maybe should have won that game. Uh, but BYU is a lot more banged up since then. Arkansas has been banged up all season. So it doesn't really change anything yeah. for them. Yeah. And I'm just 
kind of, I said it last week, I think BYU just may not be very good. I think they kind of got lucky in that Baylor spot uh, early on in the season, but I've just been not impressed with BYU as the season has gone along. And I'm going to continue to ride that narrative. I'm taking Arkansas with the three points. B-grade pick, total of 59 and a half. Because Jared, what do you have for us? The only thing I feel like I know about this game, aside from I think these two teams are both better than bad teams and worse than really good teams, is Arkansas's pass defense is bad. And so I think if if anything here, I might be looking to like the BYU team total whenever that comes out. I don't know. What, I don't know what it's implied here. Maybe around 28 or so. Uh, if it's at you know, tw- if you find it like 27 and a half or 27, I, I would love that. I think it's probably more like 28. I, I think I would still probably play over the 28 there just because you mentioned BYU yeah. getting a couple of receivers. Getting a couple of receivers. 30, 31 and a half. 30, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that backwards. I was doing Arkansas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I like it a little bit less there, but that's kind of what I would look at just because I I, I think that BYU is going to be able to um, you know, air the ball out against Arkansas, just kind of like you know everybody has against Arkansas except AM, but AM is just incapable. And, and so I, BYU is capable. And, and so that's the kind of the thing that I would look at here because, again, aside from what I just mentioned before, I feel like the only thing I know is that Arkansas State's past – or excuse me, yeah. Arkansas's past defense is bad. Arkansas State's past defense is also bad. Also bad, Arkansas, true. Not really Arkansas, relevant to this game, but <laughs> – No, no, but Arkansas's <laughs> but true. defense is bad. I, I just say Arkansas and bad defense, and I just automatically assume uh, – So the state, yeah. Yeah, uh, I like the over here. I'm not playing it yet because I don't like this number at 59 and a half. There's really no rush yeah. to play it at this number. Yep, uh, as we right. talk about, I will loop back. So I will play this over. Yeah. Uh, I just have no rush to do it right now. I agree with your analysis. I also agree with um, how many points Notre Dame put up on BYU. And I think Arkansas's offense is better than Notre Dame's. I think Arkansas's oh, yeah. defense yeah. is worse than Notre Dame's. Like I said, differences yeah. in styles there. But I mean, um, that game got within what? 10-ish points of this or whatever, and Arkansas's defense, again, nowhere near as good as Notre Dame's, but their offense, I think, a lot better. So if, if Notre Dame can put up those type of points on BYU, Arkansas is going to put up points too. I think BYU is going to put up points. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, yep. So I like the over as well. I just, I'd rather play over 58 and a half would be oh, yeah. better. I'd, I'd at least yeah. settle for 59 and the push on that key number. So uh, right. it's an over that I like. I just want to wait or shop around. If you can go ahead and get 59 right now, I don't know if that's out there, but if it is, uh, go grab over 59 right now. Uh, I think that's a, a safe number because I think a lot, I think there's just a lot of points in this one. Yep. Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, Tulane at South Florida. I'm going to take a B-grade play here on Tulane, minus 10.5. Sideline says this should be 15.6. This is an A-grade play. This is a three-unit play. I'm only putting two at 10.5, though, because I kind of hope that someone's dumb enough to move this number down to 10 and I can put another <laughs> unit down on two lane minus 10. I don't think it's going to happen though. So I'm going to get my two units down on this number. If it goes up, 11 is not as key as you would think because teams at that point tend to go for two at different amounts. So 11 just doesn't happen as often as the brain likes to think it would. So really if it's 11, 11 and a half, 12, 12 and a half, it's not that big of a difference from 10 and a half, but it is an A grade play. I think 13 and 14 are the most likely outcomes from this. And then I think 17 is actually more likely than 10. And to be completely honest, as bad as South Florida is and as solid as Tulane looks, this could be a route. So it's an A grade play for me on Tulane. I'm just only locking two units in right now at 10 and a half because I want 10. If you could shop around and get 10, it's an A grade play at 10. I'll add another unit on this one later on. Just not going to get too crazy. But like I said, I don't think it goes to 10. So I'm going to at least get two units in at 10 and a half because I think that's the best number we're going to see. Yep. But just in case weird things happen, 
I love Tulane in this spot. South Florida is down in the hundreds. Tulane's ranked 42nd. I mean, this is a five and one versus a one and five team, and that's actually accurate, right? We, like with baseball, yeah. we're talking about ERA. Yeah. ERA is not the best predictive metric, but sometimes you look at ERA and it's like, nope, that does tell the story. <laughs> These records yeah. do tell the story here. Uh, I like this Tulane team. I backed them last week, uh, and they were really good to me then. And like I said, it's yeah. like, you know, they're, they're, they're like a, a quietly good team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think they can handle this very bad South Florida team. Yep. Total of 54 and a half. Cousin uh, Jared, can, can can there be – feel, total feels a little high to me because uh, Tulane got a good defense. Can South Florida score? Mm. South Florida is very one-dimensional on offense, and so I tend to agree with you that it would be difficult for them to score against this Tulane team, but mm-hmm. only a sucker would play an under, under 54 and a half. Fair, and, fair, of course. And, and so, you know, obviously, you know, wait, wait on that and see what happens. Um, man, this, this, I, I completely agree with your analysis on Tulane. I think they are a fairly good team. They, they beat Kansas State. They, they beat ECU last week. They had, they had the loss to Southern Miss at home, but that, I mean, they completely dominated the box score of that game. If you go back and look at it, and, and so I don't—I I assume sidelines not docking them too much because you know their win expectancy in that game was probably fairly, yeah. fairly high. Again, I think Tulane's a pretty good team. South Florida is just way too one-dimensional with what we've seen from Tulane this year. I think that they are just going to be able to stop South Florida on the ground. And at that point, I have no idea what South Florida has. I was going to lay the ten points, and then this moved to ten and a half. And as you kind of alluded to, I just feel a lot less good about it at, at 10 and a half. So if this goes back down to 10, I I, I will jump on it. Uh, but at 10 and a half, I'm just going to stay away. Because there are a lot of 55s out there right now. Would you tell people it's safe to play under 55? Yes. Okay. I, and that's the number I'm waiting for as well. Uh, obviously you like 55 and a half even better, but there are a lot of 55s out here just scrolling through bet stamp. Um, yeah. Going back to the Arkansas BYU game, uh, there's a 58 and a half out there. If you want to go over that, it's at a domestic book that starts with an F. So uh, mm. it's out there. A lot of you have accounts at that place. So mm-hmm. um, always shop around people, always shop around and get, especially with these totals shopping around matters a lot. Cause yeah. there's yeah. a lot of times, you know, full point differences, even around yeah. key numbers, which is it's not just points around dead numbers. It's around key numbers sometimes. So yeah. Even um, the juice, the juice on key numbers. Juice, it, yeah, yeah. It all adds up. Yeah, it does. So uh, a lot of 55s out here on Tulane, South Florida. Uh, that's the number I'd be playing under just because it's a better number than 54 and a half. I just want to South Florida scores. Uh, Tulane's it can, can shut out reasonably good teams or slow down reasonably good teams and hold them down. South Florida's not a reasonably good offense. Yeah. It's yeah. that simple. Uh, 530 Eastern, Arizona at Washington. I <laughs> I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated <laughs> about Arizona. I'm sorry. I feel smug about them. I, I I heard so much at the start of the season how Arizona and it went just it went just from you. I'm not picking at you here. It was a lot of mm-hmm. comments. You know, Arizona's an improved team or whatever. And I was like, I don't see it. Model doesn't see it. And Arizona is still Arizona. Um, yeah. They are improved, but it's almost like we talk about with Vanderbilt, right? They're improved from being so so bad that it's like yeah. they're still not that good. They're still a long ways away. And, and I think also, which I could go on on a big tangent here about how we probably haven't talked enough about the Pac-12 this, this year. That's true. Actually, they, kind of, kind of good. Yeah, and, and so Maybe. where I'm going with this is that Arizona could be, I mean, really improved from last season. But I feel like the middle to top of the Pac-12 is so much higher as well. Are you really going to see? Are you yeah. going to see you know that improvement in Arizona's results? Excellent. I don't. Excellent. I don't know what the answer is to that. 
Excellent point. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to like the 15 with Washington. I don't see how this is drastically different than the Oregon game. Um, mm-hmm. That game was in Arizona. <laughs> like, yeah. this yeah. game's in Washington. Oregon's a better team than Washington. But, again, you flip the location here. Uh, uh, Sideline's got Washington ranked 33rd, Arizona 94th. Uh, I mean, Washington's just a much better, much better team. Sideline has this at Washington minus 20. Uh, I keep going back to it, but pick any number of these Arizona games where Sideline's had big numbers on them, and it's like you're on the wrong side of a key number, but it doesn't matter. Go back to that Mississippi State game where it was like eight and a half, and it was like, oh, what if we, you know, we're on the wrong side of whatever. And I was like, no, just lay it. Like, mm-hmm. who cares? It should be way higher. And I got yeah. to 11. I was like, just lay it. Who cares? Like, it should be up yeah. at 14. It's the same thing here. This number should be 17 to 20. Lay the 15. I don't see it getting to 14. If it does, cool. But Washington is a much better team. I don't think Arizona can stop them. Uh, Washington has problems on defense. They're going to give up some points, but I think they literally can score every time they have the ball if they want to. That's why this total is 70 and a half. You got the hook there, uh, but it's definitely not an underplay, I think, because Washington's just going to score a ton of points and their defense can give up some points. So, I mean, this feels like a, you know, uh, 52 to 25 type, you know, just yeah. wild, like, God, there's just so many points in this game. Because, yeah. uh, Jared, what's your take on this one? me thinks that Washington's defense may be pretty bad. And and so that's, that's, that's why I can't believe I'm saying this. I would lean towards over 70 and a half as as well, uh, just because, you know, you say what you want about Arizona, but Delora again has been Mm -hmm. a vast improvement over everything that they've had last year. Um, I'm waiting on this one because this is going to be so high scoring. You know, if this goes down to 14, which maybe some people are like me and look at what Arizona state did to Washington's defense. And they're like, Hey, Arizona is going to score. 35 points in this game you know i'm not gonna lay 15 you know i don't know that's gonna happen if this goes down to 14 i would jump on it but again if this goes up to like 16 and a half like who cares i'll play it at like 16 and a half you know uh not much difference between 16 and a half and, and 15 there, right. as long as i get it before right. it hits 17 so this is definitely one that i have have my eye on hoping it goes down but if i have to wait to 16 and a half or 17 that's fine i'll, I'll lay that number two yeah. Uh, no 70s out there that i can see uh, a lot of 71s and some even 71 and a halves um I can't pull the trigger on the over here at this number. It's just too high for me. Uh, I feel like uh, I agree with you. Washington's defense is bad. Arizona's going to score points. It's just if this game ends up being a blowout, like I think, I don't know how the fourth quarter is going to play out. So it's not an over that I can recommend at this number. At 69 and a half, I think it's a different story, but I don't think we're going to see that number. So I would go over rather than under. I would not play under whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't. I just don't like the over enough. I think to pull the trigger at that number personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seven thirty Eastern kickoff. Memphis at East Carolina. I'm going to grab the four and a half with Memphis in this one on the road. These two teams are pretty similar. Silent actually has Memphis three spots ahead of East Carolina. Basically says that East Carolina should just get the normal home field advantage, maybe even a little bit less. It should be East Carolina, basically minus two. So getting four and a half offers a lot of value on this side of three and four, which are two extremely common outcomes. Great number here. Uh, And two teams that I don't completely trust and know what to make of. So give me the four and a half all day long. It's an A-grade pledge. There's a lot of value on this pick. Same thing with the money line, if that's something that you like. Big plus odds in a game that I really don't know what to make of either one of these teams. Uh, so I just think they're about the same. I'm getting four and a half. I think that's a smart play. Agri play for me on Memphis. Total is 60. Uh, Cousin Jared, we somehow get screwed in every Memphis game, no matter what we do. Yeah. So uh, tell the viewer 
how they can get screwed in this game, I, I guess oh, is really my, my ask of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I just out of principle, I want to lay the points against Memphis just because I hate Memphis at this point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know. That's when they'll, that's when they'll win outright. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is just all of this is gross. I, I don't like anything <laughs> about this game. Um, I, you know. I don't trust East Carolina, but I mean, obviously, you know, I don't, I don't trust um, oh, Memphis either. I, I feel like if, if I had to, I would, I'd take the four and a half points on the total. I think I would go under, but you know, Memphis, what does that mean? It, and this is where I said at the start, right? I'm, I want to learn. I'm a big believer in don't be the smartest person in the room, right? Which is hard for me as a professor. Cause then I, I'm supposed <laughs> to be the smartest person in the room at that subject, at least, but I'm a big yeah. believer in surround yourself with people who you can learn from. If someone can explain to me why Memphis constantly finds themselves in situations where they have a ton of points late, I don't yeah. quite get it. Like that doesn't, that doesn't seem like something that yeah, it lends yeah. itself to like constantly happening, but Memphis constantly ends up with a ton of points in the last like five minutes of their games. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just way more than other teams. I'm like, what is going on? Like what's in the water there? It's, it's obviously not in the yeah. water, but like what, you know, what's going on there in Memphis to constantly cause a point barrage late in their games. It just seems weird to me. Like I can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's it's rough. It's 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 rough for sure. Yeah. Um, and this is a, a reason why you need to become a, a Patreon mem- uh, subscriber and, and get access to our Discord because I told you exactly how this was going to play out yeah. uh, in in the in the Discord. And basically, I I told you that hey, Houston's going to go down and score here with you know a minute left in the game and the over is going to hit just because I have done I've lost this so many times. And then they they went up me because they knew that I didn't you know have them on the you total in this game. They knew I had them on the spread, so Houston had to score. Twice yeah, in like yeah. three minutes, get the onside kicks. Oh no, it's like a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just I, I can't, I can't talk about yeah. Memphis. I'm not in a good spot with them. I, I feel like you could ignore Memphis for like three years and still feel yes, burnt about better. Memphis. Yes, I <laughs> definitely could be. All right, 8 p.m. Eastern. New Mexico, New Mexico State. New Mexico has shown life early in some games and. You know, uh, maybe just like a one-trick pony type thing. Where they've only got a couple things they can do and then just can't do anything the rest of the game. Got to a great start for us this last week against a Wyoming team that's just very meh. And, you know, after a 14-0 start, I think they got outscored, you know, 24 nothing or something like that the rest of the game. Uh, New Mexico State, on the other hand, though, not much better. I mean, this is a rivalry, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, in-state rivalry, the only two FBS schools there – I guess we can still call New Mexico State FBS technically. Yeah, technically. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, New Mexico's bad. New Mexico gets worse. I mean, I, I think that's really the analysis yeah. here. New Mexico State it falls in a category of some of the bottom teams, just kind of having a drop off from that next tier. I'm really the six with New Mexico. I like that it's under a touchdown. Sideline says this should be seven point four. So I think if you're on the right side of seven, that's where you want to be. But it's a B grade play for me and not an A grade play because I, I don't I don't trust New Mexico. I don't trust New Mexico State, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't trust New Mexico at all, given what I've seen from the last two weeks, where they just have long stretches where it's like three plays and punt, or they'll get one first down miraculously, and then it's three plays and punt. And so I I, it, I just can't with with a lot of confidence you know say I love this play, but I do think it should be seven. That as bad as New Mexico is. I think Wyoming's a whole lot better than New Mexico State. And so I think it's a it's a step down in competition. New Mexico's defense has looked 
competent. And I think competent is enough to slow down New Mexico State. So I just think they're the better team. Um, it's a road game, but there's not really a lot of travel and there's not really a home field edge here. Uh, you know, in New Mexico State, there's not really a lot of excitement there for the football team. So mm-hmm. uh, I think under a touchdown makes sense. It's a play I like. It's a play I think is worth making. It's just not a play I love. Uh, total of 37 and a half. <sighs> I would never play this over <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Are we bold enough to play under 37 and a half? I feel like 38. I'm playing under 38. <laughs> 37 uh, and a half? I don't know. It feels a little low. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'd stay away from the total in this game, a, a rivalry game. Who knows what shenanigans mm. might might be pulled. That's a good point. Um, but it's an official play for me, too. I'm laying the sixth with New Mexico, and, and it's basically as simple as you made it. When you have the opportunity to lay less than a touchdown with teams that are this bad, like as bad as New Mexico State is, uh, you know, we talk about it at least once every week about outliers. We usually talk about it at the top end with the top three teams. Uh, but, you know, it's very similar on the bottom end with with how bad those teams are. It's kind of hard to account for how bad they really are. And New Mexico State is in that category. So the fact that I can lay less than a touchdown against one of the worst teams in FBS, I'm, I'm going to to take that every single time. So maybe it won't work out like it did. Didn't work out last week, uh, you know, with, with Colorado state. Um, but you know, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give it another shot because uh, teams are this bad for a reason. Right. Uh, New Mexico state lost by 14 to Florida international. Who's obviously terrible. Lost by seven to UTEP. Who's also pretty bad. I mean, UTEP and Mexico yeah. are pretty comparable. So yeah, I'm like, I think seven is the most common outcome. So I think laying six makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, rivalry game, which, means i don't know um right it right. means it, it at least means that new mexico is not going to give up an easy back door because they're you know wanting to win yeah. as much as they can i guess yeah uh shifting to a game of importance 8 p.m eastern yes usc and utah uh look if utah beating usc this week and then um who is Oregon beating UCLA next week wouldn't be the most Pac-12 thing ever. I don't know what it is. I'm calling it. Utah is going to win this game. And they're already out of the playoff now. And they're about to spoil somebody else because this is what the Pac-12 does. I agree with you. Pac-12 is much better. The problem with the Pac-12 now is that they're all a lot better. The Pac-12 needed one, maybe two teams to get better and separate themselves from the rest, beat up on everybody else, have a fantastic conference championship game, winner goes to the playoff. Instead, they got like four or five teams that are actually a lot better. And so the same thing's going to happen, just at a better quality. I like all right. these teams. I think they're all really improved. You know, Washington going from very just mediocre to bad to like competently good. Uh, mm-hmm. Utah was actually was good last year, of course, as well. But USC now, a lot better. UCLA looking really good now. Yep. Oregon, you know, Oregon's back, right? But yeah, Washington are, State stepping up. Washington State, yeah, stepping it up, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not Colorado, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think Utah wins this game at home. Have a fantastic home field advantage there. Mm-hmm. They're obviously be pissed off about last week. It's only three points. It's an A grade play for me laying the three with Utah. Sideline says it should be 4.8. USC is better, but they're not a top 10 team. They mm-hmm. have holes both on offense and defense. And I believe in Kyle Whittingham. I believe in this Utah team to exploit those holes. 
they went up against a tough task against UCLA. And what I took from that game had nothing to do with Utah. It had to do with UCLA. We talked about it. We were very concerned about UCLA and some of their poor outings. And I made the comment, I said, maybe they were just kind of playing possum early on, trying some things out. But I needed to see more from UCLA. And they did. And props to them. They looked fantastic. And to me, I was take, taking more of that from, hey, we wondered why Chip Kelly wasn't having success at UCLA after the success he had at Oregon. Why couldn't he do it at UCLA? And I took away from Saturday. I was like, okay, here it is. The success we were waiting on him to have. He's back. He's got it. And I think they're a legit team. I still think Utah's also very good. I think this number's too low because of what happened this last weekend. I think it's a great spot to buy low on Utah, laying just the three. A great pick for me on the Utes. Again, I think this number should be in that dead spot between four and six. A great play for me there. Total of 60 and a half. Uh, I kind of like the under here. The Utah under didn't work last week, but USC seems to be the type of team that plays with their opponents, which is why I said I don't think they're a right. top 10 team. They can't really control the game. If you go fast, they'll go fast. If you go slow, they'll go slow. Yeah. I think Utah wants to go slow, but Utah not going, you know, playing with a lot of points this last week, it has me a little bit nervous, but I would, I would lean under, but I'm a little bit nervous after what I saw this last weekend on that total. Yep, I, I would also lean under on this game, but I, I, I don't have a feel one one way or another because I feel like you mentioned USC. We've seen plenty of weaknesses from them over the course of the season, but I'm wondering if we, we saw some weaknesses for Utah la- last week, and you definitely feel like if USC can take something from that game, they can definitely exploit some of the, the same things or even go back and look at some of the stuff that Florida did, um, putting up 29 points because looking back on that, that was that's kind of – kind of weird how, how that game played out um, aside from it being the first week of the season. Yes. I was going to say, ca- I was going to caution everyone on that first yeah. week of the season. You have the whole off season, of game plan. Yeah. I don't want to say throw everything out the window, but everything gets a bit of an asterisk because yeah. you don't really know what teams are doing and what they're prepping for. And you come out and do something they weren't expecting. And all of a sudden it's yeah. going to look wonky. So yeah, I'd be more concerned about the UCLA thing. Yeah. Um, the Florida thing personally as weird yeah. as that result is in hindsight for sure yeah so so I would lean under I would I would lean laying the points with with Utah D- to me also it I, you know no reason to think that this would go down to two and a half but if it did go down to two and a half like I would maybe like think of money line play on Utah a- at that point as well just in case kind of things kind of got weird uh, but I'm just excited about this game I was excited about the the Utah UCLA game uh, last week I'm excited about this game um, I, it, it feels like it's it's been a while since we've been this excited about at least since yeah. I've been this excited about yeah. Pac-12 football, and, and that's great for any of us who may be up at you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night still need a football fix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I completely agree with everything you said there. Uh, like I said, to me, the bottom line is the Pac-12, until the Pac-12 stops Pac-12-ing, I'm going to continue to believe that they're going to keep Pac-12-ing, and yeah. this would be yeah. Utah wins this game, gives USC a loss, UCLA loses to a really good Oregon school, and then the losses just keep piling up until it's a two-loss team and a three-loss team in the conference championship game, and we're like – these teams are really good. This is fun. And yet none of them have a chance to make the playoff. I think yeah, the conference yeah. just overall got too good. Uh, like I said, I, to me, I think this is more about a good buy low spot for Utah because I think their home field advantage matters a lot at mm-hmm. altitude. Uh, rabid fan base night game yep. really sets up to be a spot where Utah wins this game. And uh, everybody's like, wow, we thought USC was back. And it's not that they aren't, they are still really good. It's just that Utah also is really good, and it's really tough to win. Yeah, really tough yeah. to win in Utah. Yeah. Uh, where, where were Utah's losses? On both yeah. coasts, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Uh, not at home. So I think this is a great spot to lay the three with Utah at home. Uh, uh, the undercard an hour later, but the undercard here in the Pac-12, Washington State and Oregon State. 
Uh, Nolan was out for Oregon State. That dropped that line a little bit. I tweeted out and added the play on Stanford like that even more, like that under uh, as well. Nailed all that. It was a tight ball game. Yeah, good call on the under 57 when, when we were recording last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I giving Oregon State a slight penalty, assuming he might be out again. And that's very 50 50. Uh, hard to say at this point. Their offense is that good anyway. So it's it, the biggest point about the quarterback penalty is how much he how much he impacts the game versus the backup. And I don't know. I, I'm not sure it's a huge deal for Oregon State. It's, 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 a, it's a small deal for sure. I'm not sure it's huge. Uh, so a, a slight penalty there. I think this should be a pick on Independent of the quarterback injury, I still have Washington State as a better team than Oregon State. I don't know why I'm getting the field goal and the hook. It, 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 it's, it's the Pac-12, the middle-tier Pac-12 version of Oklahoma State TCU, in my opinion. I know it's mm-hmm. the road team. But I think they're a little bit better. I don't know why I'm getting the field goal and the hook. A great play yep. for me. I think Moneyline makes a lot of sense. I don't know what's going to happen. So give me three and a half any day of the week. I think it's a great play to be a little bit extra invested in. Uh, a total of 52 and a half, which Washington State's defense is improved, but you saw what happened last week. And I don't really think I like the under this week like I did last week with Oregon yeah. State. Yeah. Uh, that's a really low number. I don't like the over with Oregon State involved at all. Yeah. Um, but it feels like maybe we learned the lesson from that total against Stanford being a little bit too high. And now it's dropped down a little bit lower. I think this is a pretty decently priced total at this number. Uh, Cause Jared, what is your take? I'm taking the three and a half points with Washington state as well. It's going to be an official play for me just because I feel like what I've seen from both of these teams this year, their, their defenses has some moments where they can look really good and can kind of not necessarily take over the game, but definitely the defense has played at a higher level than the offenses are for, for both schools. And so I can see this being a relatively lower scoring game and three and a half points at that point is just more valuable. I also just trust Cameron Ward, the, the Washington State quarterback, to make more plays coming down the stretch than, than I do anybody who might be playing quarterback for Oregon State at, at this point. So it's one of those situations where I trust both defenses and I trust the quarterback for one team a lot more than I trust whoever might be lining up at quarterback for the other team and, and so three and a half points seems like a bargain to me and, and sorry i said last week i mean i meant earlier in the season against oregon was the the game i was referencing with washington state that, that they yeah. that game was definitely an outlier with oregon involved but they do have the offensive power yeah to put up some points in a hurry um but like you said i, I think their defense is a little bit better than their offense um i think maybe and maybe I'll frame it like this, I guess. My thought on this is they gave 30 points last week to USC. USC has a better offense than Oregon State. Mm-hmm. But the question is, what type of team is USC? We just talk, got through talking about that. With they've, USC's had some games where the offense has looked really good, and they've had some games where the defense has looked really good, and vice versa. And so I think your kind of your take on that game last week, I think, affects your take here. If you think that that was a low scoring game because Washington state kept it low scoring. Then I think you still have to go under this 52 and a half here. If you think it was low scoring because USC has played in some low scoring games, including one against this Oregon state team, um, then maybe that was more about USC than Washington state. And then maybe this total gets a little bit low. Um, I still think I'd lean under if pressed. Yeah. Uh, I think I would too, but I don't know. Maybe it's what I, I need to think a little bit more on. Uh, if nothing yeah. else, like I said, I, I love the three and a half. The other fear, I guess, you have with this one, with that Oklahoma State TCU, and we talked about, could this be a game that goes to overtime 
being a tight ball game, who knows what's going to happen. And that gets you some extra points. I mean, I feel like overtime yeah. is definitely on the table on a game yeah. like this. Yeah. And that I, feel like that, I feel like that would be on brand for both of these teams. Absolutely. And for Oklahoma State TCU, give me the points. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for this one, though, that could really screw up the under. So it's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not pulling the trigger yet, but stay tuned later on. Maybe yet. Maybe I will. Uh, we'll see. Uh, 10.30 Eastern. Got some good late ones here for you. Air Force at UNLV. I'm going to grab the nine and a half with UNLV. It's a B grade pick. I wish it was 10. It's an A grade edge. So it's similar to the one I talked about um, earlier on with Tulane in that I won a third unit on this. I just don't have to do it right now in case it does get to 10. I don't think it does. So I'm going to go get two units at nine and a half, but whether it's nine and a half, nine, um, eight and a half, eight, seven and a half, all kind of the same. So I'll hold back that third unit for now, just in case for some weird reason this gets up to 10. Uh, Cousin Jared, I don't know about you, but I have really not been impressed the last few weeks with Air Force. Um, they looked like garbage this last week in the game. I thought they mm -hmm. were going to really control against Utah State. Yep. Yep. Um, UNOV a little disappointing as well, right? We thought maybe they were back, but I think in a situation where both teams are disappointing, uh, based off recent expectations, go ahead and just give me a ton of points with the home team because right. the, there's more ways that we win that way than needing to lay points with a disappointing team if, if both are disappointing. Uh, yep. Sideline says this should be Air Force minus 4.7. So they should be road favorites, but not by this many points north of a touchdown. Um, so I'm going to grab you an OV nine, plus 9.5 nine to be a great pick. Total is 54. What is your play on this one? Official play for me, I'm going to be on the over 54 here. I want to get it before it gets to 55, just because I, I saw what Utah State did to to Air Force. And, you know, maybe Utah State's coming around. We we know that they definitely have more talent than what they kind of showed at the beginning part of the season. Um, but if Utah State can score 34, then I think UNLV could do something similar, at least. And, and so if, if you look at Air Force's games, you know, it, I obviously – you know, you can be selective at what you choose. You can tell whatever story you want to tell, right? But uh, against Utah State, that game got to 61 uh, combined points. Against Nevada, it got to 68 total points. You know, throw out the game against Navy. That that's you know yeah. not not you know not going to signal anything. They had the game against Wyoming that was 17-14, but Wyoming can kind of get you into a type of game that UNLV is not going to be able to drive you uh, drag you into a similar. Nor, type nor do they game. want to. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like based on teams that play similar styles and have similar type matchups, all of Air Force's games have gone well past this, this 54 number. So give me the over 54 here. I think somebody's going to score a lot of points in this game. I don't know. I don't know who it is and I don't care who it is. I just think somebody's going to, I think that's going to be enough to get us the over 54. So a full disclosure on this one. Uh, we talked about this before. We don't talk about the games beforehand. Uh, but I, I asked, as you say, what are the list of games that you really want to talk about for the first episode where you want to get numbers now? And so Cousin Jared sends me a, a list and I see Air Force on there. And without looking at anything, I just was like, oh, I'm assuming you're going to play the Air Force under. I didn't see what the number was. Mm -hmm. And so I texted it back then. And then I saw the number at 54. And then I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I... I I was assuming that people were going to look at what happened against Utah State and make that same conclusion. I think that UNLV is actually likely to play a higher scoring game than Utah State is. Mm. I think their offense is a little bit better than mm. Utah State's. I think their defense uh, might be a yeah. little bit worse, might be about the same. But I mean, yeah. if, if that game had 61, I would have expected this to be like 63. So I was expecting people to realize that, realize that Air Force defense is useless and 
Yep. I think Air Force is going to have some times where they go three and out, but they're going to have some pretty quick scores too on some busted plays. Yep. I've seen UNLV get a bunch of those. And Air Force's offense is wonky enough that sometimes they get those yep. big plays. They're not just five yards every play on the triple option. They're sometimes yeah. bust back to pass wide, yeah. wide receivers wide open, right? Or, or, or yeah. and, and full Air that Force, fullback give where it opens up and the fullback runs for 50 yards, right? Yeah, and Air Force throws it around a little bit more than in, in right. a more traditional manner than, than Navy and Army does. So you get a little more variety with them. Right. So, I, again, I just was assuming this total was going to be at least in the 60s. Uh, I was mm-hmm. thinking, you know, and so I was like, oh, I'm assuming he's going to go under. And then I saw the total of 54, yeah. and I was like, what, what is happening here? So I'm with yeah. you. I'm also on the over 54. Okay. To me, like I said, the bottom line is um, Air Force defense looks so terrible against Utah State. And I think yeah. UNLV's offense is better. So I think yeah. they can do more damage. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. So yeah. I think UNLV hangs in there. I think it's tight late, uh, a three-point game, a seven-point game, a high-scoring game, kind of a fun one uh, late. And yeah. a fun one if you like offense, if you like defense maybe look away <laughs> yeah, by take yeah. because you're expecting to get um, you're expecting a lower scoring game from a service Academy here, but I don't think you're going to get it. So I'm also on yeah. the over 54 with you. Uh, 10 45 Eastern San Jose state at Fresno state. Uh, something I started this week. I didn't do it last week. We talked about the Boise state Fresno state game and I didn't on my official projections, make any quarterback adjustments I'm starting doing that this now, because we're really getting to the point of the season where we're going to have to adjust uh, the numbers a little bit manually for quarterbacks when they're out and when they come back. And so kind of trying to make sure that the projection actually reflects what the model says, but also on occasion when I think there's a quarterback situation needs to be adjusted. And I will tell you all about that as well. So I'll tell you here, there's a manual adjustment with Fresno state with Hainer. I assume he will still be out. It didn't sound like it was an injury like f- that, that he's coming back soon yeah. on from the very start when they say, well, we don't think it's season ending. I'm thinking, well, that means he's out at least like a month. Yeah. Like, if they have to yeah. tell us that, like, like that's yeah. not a like, it, it, teams don't say that when he's going to be back in two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. or three weeks or whatever. So I think the backup is there again. That Boise State game against Fresno State was wonky. There were some points in it based off of some short fields and some busted plays and just some bad football. It was depressing in a way that I didn't quite expect. I expect it to be low scoring depressing, and it was just depressingly bad football. But yeah. San Jose State, actually kind of good i've been really impressed with them they're yeah. they're yeah. san jose state i feel like a, a 2020 was the year i think that they won the mountain west yeah. uh, won their division mountain west and that was like a, a year that that division was down and then the last couple of years or the last i guess 2021 the next season the mountain west overall got a lot better now that we're back to the mountain west that's not very good i think this works out really yeah. well for san jose state because now they are yeah. kind of like that 2020 team not good but good enough in a bad Mountain West to be like, maybe San Jose State's like one of the top three teams in this conference, which is yeah. shocking to say. But I've been really impressed with them. Sideline has San Jose State up to 79th, Fresno State down to 86th, and Fresno State has not bottomed out without the fact that without Hayner. They also mm-hmm. lost a key defensive player in that game as well. Part of the reason probably that they gave up points to such a bad offense like Boise State. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be back. He didn't play against Boise. Uh, they announced uh, both of those guys would be out early in the week against Boise. So that makes me a little more pessimistic about them playing this week, as opposed to when it's a last minute announcement, I tend to think more. So they're more likely to play that next week because they were at least if they're thinking about playing on Friday, you got a really good shot to play eight days later. If you know, you're not playing on a Monday, <laughs> that doesn't give me a whole lot of hope for the next week. So I don't know if these guys will be back. I mean, that kind of matters because first State doesn't have a lot of depth. They got trucked by a, pretty bad Boise State team 
I think they're going to get trucked by a frisky San Jose State team. I'm going to let the seven with them. It's an A great pick with the adjustment for Hainer. Sideline says this should be uh, San Jose State minus 9.6. I want to get to that seven before it goes to seven. This is exactly what happened. With Boise State, Fresno State last week, it was seven mm. on Sunday night, early Monday. By Monday night, I believe, it had gone to seven and a half. And I think the same thing is going to happen here. People are going to realize what happened against Boise and realize, honestly, San Jose State and Boise, are they that different at this point? I think San Jose State might actually be a little bit better. I might have a little more upside. I think it goes to seven and a half. So only the seven, a great pick for me on them. Total is 49 and a half. Because, uh, Jared, what's your take on this one? I think in this spot, you either lay the points with San Jose State or you pass just because I don't think that you can possibly back Fresno. Unless you know for sure Hanger's coming back, you, you cannot back back Fresno State in, in this spot. Like you said, I've been really impressed with San Jose State. I, you know, I'm sure there's a team that I'm blanking on right now. Like maybe San Diego State, you know, could could get in a defensive struggle with San Jose State and, and come out with a win. That defense has uh, looked really good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, weaker and, opponents, but still, they're they're their yeah. defense is good. Yeah, but but other than that, I, I'm not quite sure who's going to hang with San Jose State here in, in the Mountain, the West Division of the Mountain West. I've just been really impressed with with what I've seen. If this go like, I, I know you made the manual adjustment there. I, I just you know. If this went under seven, maybe I would consider it. But right now, it's just like, to me, this seems like a pretty well-set line. But I just, again, I don't think you can back Fresno State here. So uh, definitely, if I had to pick a side, I'd lay the points. Uh, this is one I have my eye on uh, watching this week. I think I think Boise ended up winning that game about 20, if that's correct. Yeah, I think it's 40 to 20, something like that. Sideline has San Jose State right three spots ahead of Boise now. Uh, that mm-hmm. game was obviously in Boise. You flipped the location. Right. I'm not sure it matters, though. Uh, yeah. I think had that game been closer, Boise could have scored more. But like, like you said, I think San Jose State has an offensive element that Boise doesn't have. Uh, their yeah. defense is a little bit worse, but I'm not sure it matters. At the start of that game, they, they touted the backup for Fresno and his completion percentage being the highest at FBS with some minimum. I'm like, that's because he played mop-up duty against USC and UConn. That's it. Like, wait till he right, plays a real right. defense, you know? Right. And sure enough, they kind of struggled on offense. Um, and they'll, they, you know, their offense will probably do a little bit better against a weaker San Jose State defense, but uh, yeah. San Jose State's offense is going to be able to score. I'm just not sure Fresno State could score. Um, the total is 49 and a half, feels pretty well set to me. Yep, yep, I agree. Yeah. Uh, all right, that is the games we're going to cover here on episode one. Because, Jared, any parting words for us before we sign off? As where we we were recording this, Kansas went to seven and a half. So we we recorded this. Kansas was getting seven. You can now get Kansas getting seven and a half, even better. So go if go lock that in now, people. Go lock it in now. Um, want to say real quick? Don't don't click away yet, uh, viewer. <laughs> I I, I want to point out something that was, I thought was also very interesting is that last week uh, I think there were only two bad numbers that I got. Uh, one of them was Old Miss, which went down for some reason. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was Kentucky, which got weird with all of their injuries yeah. and the quarterback situation. We'll talk about Kentucky later on in this week. Uh, otherwise, I think pretty much every number that I took was a good number, and it didn't end up mattering. Again, thank you, Lane Kiffin, uh, for that one. But the one that I got a quasi – it's not even a bad number, just an unlucky situation, of course, was uh, Kansas was seven mm. last week and I, we locked it. I locked in seven and they were seven and a half by game day. 
And obviously the hook ended up mattering as they lost by seven. I think I said on show, yeah. show something like there'd be a lot of points in this one, having that touch that could land on right on seven. So you have that push protection. It goes up to seven and a half. And now it looks like the same thing happening here already with <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily, I think it's more likely they win than lose that game, but you do always have to shop around. And I was thinking about this. Last thing I want to say, I, I, I give closing line value a hard time. Right. And I think I finally realized I finally, after, a year now of talking about this have realized my official stance on closing line value. It is every square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square. And some of you are like, there you go. Just lost. I think what happens here is that if you are making good plays, you will get good closing line value. And that's what sideline tends to do. But if you get good closing line value, that does not mean you're making good plays. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of times you get closing like good closing line value and it doesn't mean crap because you were completely on the wrong side. But if right. you're making good plays, you will end up getting it. So I think that's the biggest yeah. thing is that people tend to flip those. It's like mixing up correlation and causation. And they tend to say, oh, well, the, we got closing the value. That means it was a good play. And I don't think that's the case at yeah. all. I think if you're making a bunch of good plays, you will get that. So it's like looking at, at it backwards. Um, yeah. So anyway, all that to say, kids seven and a half, even better <laughs> and a good yeah. play. But always shop around and try to get the best number because you never know when it's going to help. It may not matter at all, but it mattered to Kansas last week, and who knows if it is this week. Again, at least at seven, though, we've got the push protection, which is sometimes important. Right. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we provide on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We'll have more MLB playoff shows coming up and two more college football shows this week. As always, best of luck, and remember – you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.